Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. are live on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Another week to the talk good about Chicago Bears. Follow us on the Twitter machine at BIM underscore pod. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast. We're proudly presented by the Believe Network, and we thank the Believe Network for putting us on each and every week. Our man Chris Krogman's back from Mount Everest. We uh, want to congratulate he and his family for completing the climb. To Mount Everest, <laughs> so they're back. Uh, he, he's back safe and sound to talk about our Chicago Bears. We're talking uh, Luke Berry, and unfortunately, we're talking about a loss. The Bears lost the Cowboys, but they're talking about a lot, a lot, a lot more than just a positive loss. Best loss I've ever been a part of. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about a lot more than just the loss. Chris, how was Mount Everest? I've never been so happy about, like, damn near giving up a 50-burger. But uh, <laughs> That was bad. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, Joe, is I, uh, I you know, I, I sometimes have trouble falling asleep. So uh, I have a, an app called Calm. Not sure if anybody knows what Calm is. Oh, but yeah. They have uh, sleep stories on there, and I listen to a – like hiking Mount Everest story last night. It sounded brisk and cold. What I didn't know, but I learned about that podcast is that there's a town like right on the, like a, like at 11,000 feet up, like right at the base essentially of Everest and the Himalayas that has like a thousand people, like coffee shops and like all kinds of shit. No, I, I had no idea. I'm I'm not. You know, nobody, nobody told me these things. I don't look them up. But anyway, uh, yeah, my time away was fine. It was good. Uh, excited to talk about this team, where they're headed. Uh, Cowboys game was an unfortunate just train wreck for the defense, but a lot of fun for the offense. Our defense sucks. Our defense sucks, man. There's, like, I don't realize how little talent is in that front seven. Ugh, they're bad. It's not good. Not good at all. I, uh, you know, I, I thought Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson getting more snaps was going to be a good thing. Eh, they're not that good yet. They're, they're okay, but they're, yeah, they're not elite by any stretch or maybe even elite prospects. But who cares? Uh, Justin Fields is a is an absolute stud. Um, yeah, Lucas, how are you this evening, friend? I am fantastic. I think I, uh, you know, before we started recording, I said 
you know, some of the most happy I've been after a loss. Uh, I, I think I said that earlier this year, too. We're seeing a lot of signs of positive development. Uh, we had an interesting day today. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I'm doing great outside of the Bears. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to rumble. Uh, back to the Mount Everest thing real quick. I just watched something about this guy that was, like, free climbing up these, like, icy rocks with, like, a pickaxe and no harness. You would just climb up the vertical faces of rocks that were frozen over. Reminded me of Mount Everest. Chris, how was it, man? Pretty, pretty cold. He told you it was it was cold, and he, he went to the city at the bottom. It was brisk. I had a coffee. And coffee at the city at the bottom. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Is that where you watched the Bears game this past week? <laughs> in a little tavern in the city at the bottom of the uh, of Mount Everest. Yeah, I had to, did they I have had the to, Sunday ticket? I had to pay big though. Like I had to like get NFL Plus on their you know three uh, G Wi Fi. It was very choppy, very very Chris, choppy. Chris was watching the one one PM games at like Monday in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> choppy like the Bears defense. Goodness gracious. How many yards did they actually give up? I mean, it was it was. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I don't even care matter. about the defense. I don't care. Four hundred forty-two total yards they gave up. The uh, the worst the worst. Uh, Vildor had an absolutely terrible game. He had a he bad day. Got, he just got picked on bad. Uh, Jalen did get thrown at hardly at all. Brisker had he's some so nice good. plays, but he yeah. he's not fantastic in coverage. Eddie obviously had his signature takeaway which was man this is the second week where i thought they were going to score a touchdown on that uh, right off that pick and it would have been what the second week in a row that where they went into the locker room with the touchdown and out with the touchdown no because i guess they didn't come out they went three and out never mind anyway um so yeah my one of my favorite things about this game was that they opened with a bomb to esb it was a little mm. short and esb could have easily jumped back into the defender and gotten that call uh with his big ass body but he didn't do it but that was one of my favorite things that they opened up the game going deep uh because you know we've talked about having to kind of go off script with their run and play calls and i think um you know, like we, like I started saying before we jumped on, anybody badmouthing Luke Getzey is is not paying attention because they are doing so much with so little right now. It's it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Absolutely. I I mean, uh, so Dallas's defense had to have been top five going into that game, right? And the Bears put up the most points anyone scored on them all year. I mean, very impressive. I mean, just super impressive. They rushed with two hundred yards again. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's what, three games in a row? This is insane. I mean, they are looking like – I mean, so this has been a debate on Twitter, and people are like, oh, would you rather the Bears become, you know, the Ravens offense or the Eagles offense? And quite simply for me, it's just keep doing whatever's working. I mean, we don't need to have Justin Fields as a drop-back passer right now for this offense to – to be good. I mean, if they're scoring 30 points a week running the Ravens offense and running for 200 yards a game, fuck it. Sign me up. Well, plus it throws, it makes that drop back offense so much more dangerous because you can't, you can't ever trust what you're seeing because you never know when he's just going to take off. You can't play man right. against him without a spy. And that, that safety got that tackle on fields when they did that design run on that. 
I was like fucking second quarter or something like that late in the second quarter where uh, whatever that Dallas, that other Dallas safety played really well. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just dangerous, super dangerous. Uh, and that holding call on, on commit where fields went for like 30 yards was fucking joke. Complete joke. Your boy commit got in the end zone. Finally, Chris take celebrate your golden domer. Finally scoring. Got a long way to go for like six hundred and six touchdowns, but uh, you know, Come on, why, does, you, why does he need six hundred and six touchdowns? Because because we said that was our prediction for him, but Joe knows damn well they have to keep him in as a blocker, and he's just being a dick right now. Oh, Cole Komet is one of the best blocking tight ends. Oh, in the NFL. I don't want to hear it. Six hundred yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, six hundred six like career good. touchdowns or something. No, 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 like, no, all no, right. no. I forgot how many how many yards and touchdowns does OJ Howard have this year? Uh, like one touchdown and like five I think he scored two points. in that first game and hasn't seen the ball since. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he did score two in that game. No, but to, but celebrate your your man, Chris, uh, getting in the end zone. That's more the point. No, that was a and that was a beautiful pass, and that was the right guy running that route. Ryan Griffin should never should never run those routes. Yes. So that was that was big. I mean, man, Fields is hitting dimes. That pass to Velas that he dropped was an absolute Ugh. dime. Um, the play, the yeah, was it? He threw the pick, but got pi'd, and then threw like a what thirty-six yard completion to Mooney. I mean, he's just hitting plays. Two plays that I think were fantastic were uh, free rusher off the edge and Fields checks down to the crosser right in front of him and picks up positive yards both times. Once to Mooney and once to, I want to say Komet, but it could have been Griffin or Wesco, whatever that other tight end's name is, but I don't remember. Really impressive game by Fields overall. Um I think Herbert, once again, looked like the better rusher out of the two. I mean, the Bears, you know, that might be... That last draft class might be Ryan Pace's parting gift to the Bears. I mean, if if Herbert becomes their RB1 eventually and Fields pans out, it's looking like a really good class. But, uh, yeah, it looked like he, he outclassed Montgomery again. He just um, fits the system better. Like, here's where I think the difference is. You had that fourth and one... Mm. Uh, that Montgomery picked up. I don't know if Herbert picks that up. Herbert, yeah, he's not. He's not necessarily a tough runner like Montgomery. He's smarter potentially, has better vision, and can use his explosiveness a little bit better. But Montgomery's Montgomery is gritty or Armstrong maybe. If 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 Colin Cowherd is driving the bus, I don't was, know. Was what that, that serious? I thought that was I, a joke. I don't know, man. That was hilarious though. Anyway, um. He said it like four times. Yeah, or he's like more. he's like they got Mooney, Herbert, Armstrong. <laughs> he, he he kept saying it. Armstrong is young. Mooney is young. Fields is young. You know, Fields can just get Armstrong involved more. Like, man, is Neil Armstrong coming back to this team? Or oh my and, god, that's Neil, that's Neil Anderson. Anyway, so uh, yeah, phenomenal <laughs> game by Fields and. I, I think Herbert fits the system better. Like I said, with the stretch, this, like, as I, I was thinking like Montgomery would do better if he got more of those zone stretch plays, but he doesn't run that play. Well, like I, he just doesn't. And I, it's not, he, he's better between the tackles. He's better with that. Like 
the toss play, like if you get him outside really quick, and he's a way better in space player, I think, than Herbert is. I, I don't know how, but Herbert is somehow the one that breaks all the big runs, dude. I don't know. He just finds the open running lanes. I, I just think maybe he's more decisive than Monty. I don't know. But I feel I like think he just runs the zone read better or the zone and then cuts it back better. I like most of his long runs come off. He does of that. cut it back. He yeah. cuts it back against that, you know, where it's everybody's blocking downhill and then he just b- comes off the backside. Like his touchdown run, everybody was blocking left and he went left at first and then cut right off of Reef's ass and he was up the middle and gone. Well, and that's that comes from being going back to your, what you're saying, Chris. Being in the system, uh, that that comes from used to running plays like that over time, and uh, being used to seeing you, you know ha- being comfortable with what that looks like against those defenses. Uh, but he he's been incredible. I was really uh, almost kind of hoping that, that that David Montgomery would have been traded today at today's deadline because of the production that that uh, Herbert has had. It'll be interesting if they even try to re-sign him. I'm, I'm sure that at this point they're probably just let him walk, play the last, play the last what eight nine games, and let him walk. Here's so, the thing about Herbert. Well, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say Herbert truly is, you know, a, a one-dimensional back. Like if you look at the Bears' overall passing numbers when he's on the field, it's significantly worse than when Monty's on the field. So whether that's uh, just receiving or whether that's um, uh, pass blocking, you know, I think uh, Cleo Herbert is statistically the Bears pass game is significantly worse when he's on the field. So if that is a scenario where the Bears let Monty walk, whatever, they definitely do need to bring in uh, more of a third down back and a pass blocking back who can pick up those duties. I, I mean, it's not hard to replace those type of guys, but it's just something that would need to be considered. I mean, I wonder what his value is to another team that runs a system like a more of a power system where I think Montgomery probably fits in better, you know, or an inside zone similar to what they were trying to run last year with him. Um, I, I, you know, having that threat of both and both types of backs is not a bad thing for sure for any team, but at what cost, I suppose is what it comes down to. Yeah, how much is Monty gonna want? I mean, and, and like, does his value diminish more? You know, like, what's RB one get paid versus? Because if RB one is Herbert, that that is better, a better runner. I mean, is it a one A one B situation? And how much do you like? How much would you pay? I mean, the rumor was what ten million from from last off season um, million dollars i don't i don't go that high i'd go like i said seven and a half but i might be down to six and a half i mean this is you know this is looking ahead a little bit but this year's running back free agent class is absolutely loaded so the bears definitely have their pick of the litter if they uh if they decide to go that route i mean I personally would not like to pay a running back big money, but you got guys like Saquon Barkley, uh, Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, all going to be free agents this year. So if the Bears did want to upgrade at running back in free agency, they could definitely do it. Um, Saquon would be so fun in this offense. I mean, I it most likely doesn't happen, but... 
Cream Hunt isn't a bad ad. Or Cream Hunt would be great. I just don't like him, the person, but yes, he would no, be very good as a football player. Uh, Josh Jacobs, James. I mean. Penny or Jacobs would be fantastic in this offense too. I mean, Penny's been hurt, so he'd be a low, a low grade ad. Fucking Mostert would be a great pickup as well, man. He knows this offense. I think Lucas Berry would be great in this offense. Yes, oh, Lucas Forty Berry, Mike Allstott himself. I would take him. I've heard, I've heard he'd be pretty explosive. I've heard he's got explosive diarrhea. Ooh. <laughs> That's not the kind of explosion you want. <laughs> no. Not, a, not, a, not on game day, folks. Not on game day. La- Larry Borum had, ex- had explosive diarrhea. Well, all right, so that's actually that's a great talking point. I mean, how do we feel about this line that the Bears trotted out this week? I thought they were not bad versus Dallas's really good defensive line. They, would they give up like four? Four sacks. Four yeah. Sacks. That seems to be the average. I mean, just watching the game, though, it didn't seem like Fields was under constant, constant pressure. No, the worst hit he took was on that two-point conversion that he got absolutely... That was horrible. I don't know what the fuck happened. I think that was one where you either... Either Reeves completely fucked that play up, or Fields was supposed to get rid of it faster than he he could get hit. Like, just supposed to throw it immediately fast, and he... He, (laughs) That was bad, yeah. He got blasted on that. Yeah, yeah. So... But yeah, I think you're right, Lucas. I don't think he's. Uh, I I don't think I thought they looked okay. Um, I, I still I think Jenkins is still your best lineman. He uh, there was a run that that uh, Montgomery had where he was close to getting the first down, and uh, offensive line pushed him over the the first down marker. But it was mainly Jenkins pushing him over, and Schofield jumped in, but at, not until after Jenkins was already on it. I don't know. What do you think, Joe? I was happy with the with the offensive line. R- really, I thought I felt like the offense as a whole is starting to continuously tick up and tick up and tick up, and it's been impressive to me to see so many different offensive combinations. I mean, obviously, you've had certain pass rushers really give them a, a hard time, namely Montez Sweat came to my mind, but uh, you've had so many. Di- we've had different pass rushers give them a hard time. But I think as a whole, and the offensive line's included in it, the offense has continuously uh, performed a little better, a little better, uh, and, and executed at a little higher level each week. So it's been it's been fun to watch. And even though, uh, you know, just thinking about that Washington game when you mentioned Montez Sweat, even though the Bears lost, you know, it seems like it seems like it feels as any kind of indicator on, you know, the team's kind of feelings. He kind of said, like, you know, we're in, like, I kind of got, like, a positive vibe from him after the game, even though they lost. It wasn't, like, after that Washington game, he was completely dejected, and you were like, wow, this guy's really fucking pissed and fed up. After this game, he was kind of more upbeat, like, yeah, the offense is improving, we're getting better each week. It was just, it was good to hear and see the Bears be able to put up points and him not want to kill his offensive line on the, you know, in in his uh, interview, well, I th- I think we've reached a point in the season where the offense is way ahead of the defense, and so 
you know, goes but going back to Luke, uh, something we've talked about throughout the off season and the start of the year, when the Bears are drafting high this coming up year, are, are we more and more in agreement that that defensive line is going to probably be the pick? I think it really depends on what they do in free agency. I mean, if they sign like a, a Jack Conklin or a, or a Elton Jenkins or Orlando Brown, I think Will Anderson is definitely on the table. Uh, your boy from Georgia is on the table. But, I mean, outside of an elite defensive lineman, I, I, man, I, 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 I'm a dumbass and pitch the trade back scenario every year but like if will anderson is the lawrence taylor once in a lifetime kind of talent you think he is joe then i'm all on board with that von miller that's that's who he reminds me of von miller he's von miller's probably a hall of fame when it's said oh, no. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all um, no for sure but lawrence taylor's the jesus him and Derek thomas are my favorite pass rushers ever Derek thomas is a good one more underrated. I feel like not as many people talk about him, but he's awesome. Man, seven sacks in a game. You can't. You can't. I mean, geez, Louise. Luke wants uh, that <laughs> I, I don't know. With, Luke with, what, what did you? Uh, would you have to eat, Luke? Sacks. Oh, ball sacks. <laughs> ball sacks. Listen. Go ahead, Lucas. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. Uh, no. I'm in a. I'm in a good mood, boys. I rewatched the game this morning, and I. Man, it was it was fun. I think that was an abnormal showing from the defense. I don't I've said all year I think they're an underrated group. I think they're better than the stats indicate. Uh I also think I Dallas is a very good team. Well, yeah, Dallas, dude, they, they, they they needed that fucking win bad. Um I mean like Dak's a good probably... press Dak's a good quarterback. <laughs> fucking um uh, Pollard has looked electric. They are a good team. It just seems like the defense uh, in a handful of spots this year when, when they've been called upon has, has really failed badly. Yeah, and I was going to say, if anything, you know, maybe I'm a little disappointed in Eberflus on not having them more prepared for that. But, uh, I mean, overall, it is what it is. I could, like I said, it, it's time for the Bears to to – catch up to the league and start scoring points, which we're seeing. So yeah. overall, I'm happy with it. And I think that the Bears do have enough building blocks in place on defense where I I know that is a that is a unit where I'll say, yes, they're, they're probably a few positions away from being a decent to solid unit. Um, I know we always talk about a few pieces away, but I really like their secondary. I like uh, yeah. I think Jalen Johnson is is great. I think he's awesome. Eddie Jackson's playing at an all-pro level this year. Brisker is an absolute tackling machine. I don't, is Brisker like a poor man's Amos? I mean, a poor man's... Um, you called it. Yeah, maybe a poor man's... I, I wouldn't say a poor man's Amos, because I feel like Amos was kind of the same way early in his career. I was going to say, is he like a poor man's Jamal Adams? Like, he's just... He's all over. He's great as a blitzer. Maybe not awesome in coverage, but... I think, I think Honey Badger is your poor man's Jamal Adams. Maybe, I don't know. I I love Brisker though. He's he's a baller. I agree. He he did have a pretty bad miss on that CD Lamb touchdown, but he's young. He'll learn. I think most of his issues are him being out of position as opposed right. to like actually getting beat or whatever. So that stuff to me is all fixable. I think the football instincts with him are great. My overall right. point is the Bears' secondary is 
solid. I mean, I think that's the hardest part to get right in a defense. And I think their defensive line of linebackers just suck. And we've known that they don't get any pressure. It's like anytime the bears have done anything well on defense, they get coverage sacks all game. It's just insane to have asked out of your DBs to do that every game. Well, that's, I think that's the thing too, is like once they have some pass rush, they'll be able to either one, take more risks on defense you know, and not have to like just play to not get their ass burnt. Cause I think you see Vildor playing off a lot. You know, he's way off the receiver when he's getting beat on those slants all day long. He's given 15 yards because he doesn't want to get smoked because he knows his fucking pass rush doesn't stand a chance up front. So once that pass rush can get, can get, can get home, he can play a little bit tighter. And I'm not saying he's an all pro or anything like that, but. I think it matters. Definitely. I mean, I think, Joe, how do you feel? I know you were a little disappointed in the defense this week, but do you kind of agree that in the grand scheme of things, you'd rather have the offense play like this and the defense get their ass kicked just knowing that they don't have the manpower up front, literally in the D-line and linebackers? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not that upset with where they are. Uh, I, I, I'm in agreement with you, Luke, about the secondary. And, and really, when you look at the analytics, you'd rather have it have a, a souped up secondary than a pass rush. But you got to have a little bit of a pass rush and you got to be, be able to stop the run a little bit. And Tony Pollard ran all over us in, the, in this past game. Uh, and, and it's been a theme this year. The Bears really allowing teams to run all over us. And, Besides and last back. week. What's that? They they had to figure it out versus New England, and that's about the only game. Right, most of the time this year they, they they've allowed teams to run all over them. Um, but you know that's what makes me think that when we get to the draft this coming up the year, whether we're picking pick six or eight or ten, somewhere in that range, we're probably going to take a defensive lineman or somebody that can help the front seven. Uh, cha- change that side of the that, that cha- change that side of the defense. Um, but but I, I'm with you. I, I would rather have the offense run it because you, you're right. And right now, the the whole season is about evaluating Justin Fields, and that's why everybody's coming up, come away with this this loss feel, feeling all hunky dory because you scored 29 points and Fields ended up throwing you know f- for 150 yards and two touchdowns and running for another 60 yards and touchdown. So, so you know, you you got some warm feelings about the offense, and that's keeping everybody a little bit more upbeat than probably we should be. Yeah, I think people realize the Bears aren't a good team. So, you know, it is what it is. It's uh, we're not a good team. What? (laughs) They're they're feisty team, man. I'll give them that. Feisty as hell. That's the truth. Scrappy bunch. I've seen, I've seen them like the just, you know, we, Chris, you kind of gave Getsy his flowers earlier, but we're seeing stuff we've never seen from the Bears mm-hmm. too much. I mean, when they got the turnover, them going for the end zone three times in a row was good to see instead of just fucking kicking the field goal and trotting to half. I mean, one of those plays. I mean, I definitely think they the receivers could have made some better plays on those plays that Fields put up in the end zone. I think they should have scored on one of them. Uh, oh, Pettis' route was terrible. Yeah, that was like, what are you doing? And then even then, he still almost had it. The defender had to make a great play. And then freaking ESB, man, like 
Claypool makes that makes that play. I know we haven't talked about that yet, but Claypool makes that play. I mean, he, he ESB had his hands on it. Yeah. Well, so. probably a perfect time to talk about it now that I mean we we all kind of know the Bears lost the Cowboys. Oh, Joe, thanks for bringing it up, dude. Nikhil Harry, the star of the show, scored a touchdown this game. He did. Oh, he did. Mm. He used yeah. that big body, man. He did. Yeah, he did. A Blocked, big body locked out. He's wearing that. He's wearing number eight, out. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I hate that, but whatever. I still. I keep, Joe. For some reason, I keep thinking he's Kyle. I, for some reason, I have it in my head that Kyler Gordon's eight. So whenever I see him on offense, I'm like, the fuck is Kyler Gordon running routes? I keep thinking it's uh, <laughs> who wore eight last year, Daryl, or was it Williams? Oh, yeah, <laughs> Williams. I'm like, why is that guy here? Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's not him. That's eight's a bizarre Harry. number. And Harry's a weird last name. So I'm like, who the fuck is eight? Harry, <laughs> Harry eight? <laughs> Harry eight, Harry, eight. Harry, Harry met Sally. <laughs> All right, uh, give us the real news. I'm just joking. Well, the Bears might have themselves a little receiver core now. Uh, the Bears were, were wheeling and dealing at the end of uh, at the trade deadline. We obviously touched on Robert Quinn last week's uh, on last week's show, and Chris, you're welcome to jump in and comment about Robert Quinn. But Roquan Smith dished out to the Baltimore Ravens for a second and a fifth round pick. And then the Bears subsequently turned around and used their own second-round pick to bring in Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Bears will have him under contract for the next uh, year and a half, uh, roughly 25 games or so, for right at two two and a half million dollars. And now the Bears' wide receiver room, the the, the core right there at the top of the sheet on paper is uh, Darnell Mooney, Nikhil Harry, and Chase Claypool uh, to, to a degree. Three, three actual name value guys uh, to come in and try to make some plays for Justin Fields. Krogman, you want to uh, lead us off on some of the off-season moves, or you know, not off-season moves, but basically off-the-field moves. In-season moves. Who did you say were the top three? Oh, Harry? Harry and... Uh, Harry, Mooney, oh, and Claypool. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Quinn, I thought had to happen. I mean, we talked about it in the group chat last week. Uh, to get a to get a fifth for him, I thought was crazy. You had phone service on Everest to talk about this. Was was solid. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, to get to get anything out of Quinn, um, you know, <laughs> I think it's always funny going on Twitter and seeing. You know, I, for a while there, I was just uh, collecting followers like they were baseball cards. So I have all fan bases on my on my Twitter feed. So to see the Eagles' responses, to see Bears fans' responses was just was just funny. Uh, both teams basically thought that they won the trade or lost the trade drastically. There was no no in between. Uh, but I thought it was a solid solid move uh, by by Ryan Poles. Uh, you know, Quinn's not a part of the future. We've seen what polls can do with with fifth round picks. Even if you don't think Braxton Jones is a is an elite or is, is a even a left tackle starter, he's a, he's starting tackle in the in the in the league right now as a fifth rounder. Uh, there's plenty plenty of talent coming out of the the later round. So to add that for a guy that's not part of the future is a good move. Uh, Roquan, I think, came down to. 
mutual agreement to part ways in 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 a in a in a sense with the off season stuff, the preseason stuff, him kind of doing the whole hold in thing, and then uh, asking for potentially more than Poles was willing to give him contract wise. You know, this is only what we can speculate and and hurt have heard uh, around the water cooler, but. Uh, moving him for from a for a second and a fifth, um, even if it is a late second, fine, whatever. Uh, and then Lucas, you said something about whatever the higher fifth round pick that the Ravens have, whether it's theirs or the the uh, Patriots. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. I thought it was the okay. second rounder, but it's the fifth rounder. Uh, so Either way, pick is better for the Bears. Get. So now they so now they have a first, the Ravens second, a third, what, three fifths? I think they have do they have two fourths or something like that? I think they have one fourth and three fifths. They have their own, they have the the Eagles, and they have the wait, they got a fifth for Quinn or a fourth for Quinn? Fourth. Fourth for Quinn. So my bad. So two fourths and then two fifths. Which yeah, is they, ridiculous. I think they have eight picks. That's ridiculous. And then uh, we're not used uh, to it as Bears fans, that's for sure. Turn around and, and use our own second to add a twenty-four-year-old, big-bodied, fairly fast wide receiver out of the Notre Dame is uh, is a win. I'm gonna ball out. I, I the only thing I the only unfortunate thing is it's hard for receivers to come into an offense midseason and and click super quick so we'll probably see claypool win on some deep some deep balls and and maybe gets he gets he schemes him open a few times but it's not he's not gonna like know the offense super well right away yeah he's probably not gonna get 90 percent of the snaps for a little bit <laughs> right right um but that's fine yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, the Roquan thing was just in due time. You know, we all knew it was coming. Uh, we've kind of had the feeling since before the year started, the Bears offered him what they thought was fair. He thought it was disrespectful. He went to the media. He requested a trade. Uh, and then Paul's kind of went through today in his interview and just said that they came to the conclusion that they were never going to agree on a deal. So in my mind, I think Quint, uh Roquan is asking for probably way too much money. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Ravens, a notorious frugal team, actually shell out the money for him. I mean, I imagine they would. Uh, they're not a team who just throws around draft picks lightly. So uh, I imagine they're going to give Quinn what he wants, but that'll be interesting if it's a, you know well over $20 million a year like we think. Um, so it's going to be interesting because I don't know what their cap space looks like, but this they got both Lamar and Roquan to right. to deal with, uh, <laughs> and neither of them have agents. I don't know if you saw. I was just going to say you don't know if you saw this, but somebody posted like uh, the stepbrother scene where they're they go to the interview together and they're peeking out from behind each other. And he said Roquan <laughs> and Lamar showing up to uh, to Costa's office for <laughs> contract negotiation. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that I, I did see it. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, so the Bears basically just got draft picks for a guy they were going to lose uh, in free agency. And with the amount of money the Bears have to spend this offseason, 
uh, they're not going to get any comp picks for him. So basically getting what they could, I think I'm kind of very, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled with the return. I didn't think they would ever get a one, but a two and a five, I'll definitely take, um, you know, it's nice to see polls. Uh, it seems like a lot of the people who are quote unquote cap analysts or whatever, uh, you can you can say that almost nerd community seems like they're in favor of polls' decisions to acquire more draft capital um, for a guy like Roquan. So that's interesting to see those types of guys on the side of the Bears for once, which normally we're not used to seeing. Are we um, talking about our friend Mr. BS Esquire? I've seen him. I've seen other people say too, just good. I've seen a lot of people applaud, like a lot of national media guys applaud the Bears for stockpiling draft picks, et cetera. So draft capital is the is the number one way to to, to ensure your team is long term success. I think uh, Luke, you touched on something that I, I was thinking about earlier, and and I think it's a big, pr- pretty big part of this. Like you mentioned, with the amount of money that the Bears are going to have to spend, if they didn't think they were going to come to terms with Roquan, and, you know, they're going to have to spend the money, so I guess that could have gone towards Roquan. But if he he wasn't a fit, and they didn't value the position at that amount of money for what he was, you know, what he brings to that defense, then they weren't going to get a comp pick. So getting two picks for him and a, and a higher pick than the comp pick you're going to get from anyway, which would have been at best a third, a late third at that, I think is a, is a big, a big win. And to it's add a, a fifth, that's a bit, it's a big win for, for uh polls and company. So, I mean, you had him for eight games. We got what nine left or whatever. So have fun in Baltimore, sir. And maybe he can make their defense worse and they can get, we can get a better pick. That's I think he'll be fine. I think, I think that's a good scheme that he's going mm-hmm. to over there. I think he'll be fine. Uh, consider- yeah, Baltimore's line is good, and I think you know the big thing we've noticed with Roquan is that without Hicks and Goldman eating up double teams almost every play, I mean, that's basically what kept Roquan free and clean, and he was able to use his athleticism to to do a lot. But uh, I mean, we can talk about so we're blue in the ears. I mean. Unless you are, uh, unless you're able to kind of do it on your own, sometimes you're not going to be worth twenty plus million a year. I mean, I don't care how fast you are. If you know, you have to overcome your circumstances if you are supposed to be that type of blue chip pl- player. So, for me, I think that's what uh, that's what it boils down to. And you know, Roquan's probably a top seven linebacker in the league, but. I think a lot of us thought he was top three for a while, and it's just not it. He, uh, I think he's, yeah, he'll be great in Baltimore, and they'll love him over there. Uh, and to to pair him with Patrick Queen, that inside linebacker, linebacking duo is going to be solid. Uh, would love to get on that Baltimore podcast we were on last year and see what they think. Um, yeah, that would be interesting for sure. See what they think about that trade. But, um, yeah, I mean, Bears made some moves. Uh, they were buyers and sellers. I, is that really because he's Canadian? Like, You never heard that, that dude? No, that I've never heard that. Never that was his nickname that in the draft when they wanted to make him the tight end. That was his nickname. Joe, I know you. I know you kind of had some mixed feelings about this Claypool 
trade. Why don't you uh, dive into it a little bit for me? Well, I mean, I think that's a good thing. Uh, I, I think it's, um, I think it's a good thing to, to to bring a guy in like that. Like that, obviously, he's got a little bit of an off the field, I guess, black eye because he likes social media and, he, and maybe he doesn't take the game as seriously as some is fans that, might like. Is but, that a thing? I, I didn't even know. Uh, he's a TikToker, which who cares? I learned it from Juju. Right, right, right. Uh, learned, learned a lot of that from Juju. But I, I think that he's been a pretty productive wide receiver in, during a time in Pittsburgh where they were really undergoing a lot of change offensively. Obviously, Big Ben's uh, arm wasn't the same as it has been. Uh, and then you've got Trubisky and uh, Tr- Trubisky and Pickett this year. Oh, can we say Trubisky on this podcast? Anyway, I said it like four times now. Um but I, but but I think he presents a, a very interesting prospect. Uh, he may not be as effective in the big body to go up and get it stuff as we may like. I got a couple Steelers fans friends who are uh, pretty much very happy to see him go. Um, but I also think they're happy to see him go because he knew they weren't going to resign him, and he knew that they're in a period of of transition. So. I'm 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 happy with it with the move. I think you you take a second round flyer when you look at the the free agency class of wide receiver in the 23 class is not that good, and so you, you use a second round pick. You've got a guy under contract for uh, really 20 25 games or so to decide if he's going to be that good, and it gives him a chance to rebuild. You know to to cash in for a big second contract. He he and Justin Fields. Uh, stylistically complement each other very well as far as a guy who can naturally go down and go get it if, if, if he if he um if he can really kind of f- find himself a, a, a little bit more solidly in that area i think he can cash in for a lot of money and maybe he stays for a bear long term or maybe you know he's just a a, a little short rental to to keep developing Justin Fields. Joe, let me ask you this. Um, you know, you, 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 like you said, you have some friends uh, that are Steelers fans. I think we all do. My family is uh, Steelers fans and honestly, Irish fans as well. So it's kind of a, it's going to be a little bit of a biased look because, you know, Claypool is a, is another golden domer. So you're not going to hear me shut up about that, Joe, but um yeah, I think Claypool, and you touched on this a little bit with the TikTok and then the social media has been viewed as immature, potentially. So I'm just kind of curious what your guys' thoughts are on like the Steelers locker room, which has kind of become a little mm, less under control than they were in, like in the last few years, like when Anthony- when they had Antonio Brown. Yeah, when Antonio Brown was there, you didn't hear as much kind of like you you got Deontay Johnson and folks liking posts from uh, opponents sacking their own quarterback. Uh, You got Deontay Johnson getting into it in the locker room with Trubisky, um, allegedly, you know, kind of putting Pickett in the driver's seat at halftime. Uh, it, It just sounds like there's a lot of disarray going on in Pittsburgh. Do we feel like a coaching staff with an Eberflus type 
leadership and Getsy type leadership could be a, a good kind of reset for a guy like Chase Claypool. Yes, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes, but it to me it's gonna be less about Eberflus and Getsy and just more about the situation. Um, I mean, so we're talking about Mike Tomlin, who basically forever has had control of that locker room. And I feel like a lot of those guys are just starting to lose it a little bit because they're going through so much transition, losing Big Ben and then bringing in Mitch and then transferring to Pickett and then having this Matt Canada guy call their offense, which just, he seems like a freaking bozo. I mean, and this that was like, that was, he was handpicked by Tomlin. Right. I, the whole thing is, is definitely weird, but I think for them in Pittsburgh, there's just so much changeover that's happened over the past two years. Like nothing is consistent for him mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. I mean, it's not like the bears are a great team, but at least for Claypool, I think there's going to be a new level of focus where he's going to be, he's, he's going to be the bears number one target. I mean, he's going to be a huge focal point of it. Like this is his fucking wide receiver room basically right now, him and Mooney. So he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to prove himself. I think he's going to be way more focused just because of that. And like you're talking about, you know, getting that next contract and, and the whole nine yards and, and fields is going to be looking for him downfield a lot. I mean, yes. just his, his ability to stay involved, which I mean, yeah, you can say the coaches might draw it up for him, but to me, I just think the situation is going to be so much better for Claypool to, to be involved in the game where he can stay focused and, and go from there. So, yes, I think it'll be a better place for him, but I don't know if it, it'll be as much about coaching as it is situation for me. As far as the room goes, you know, it's, it's Darnell Mooney's room right now as far as, you know, I guess, talent-wise. But, you know, after whatever game that was, Mooney was out there catching passes on the jugs machine. So he, it, on on the surface or it appears that he's a, a pretty hard worker right right so would maybe a guy like that being able to influence claypool uh in a positive manner would be you know another step up and i don't know what harry's work ethic is like or brand uh, esb but esb is another goal i mean shit dude were they teammates i mean there's a i mean esb and, and claypool i think Man, we just got Notre, we should just be Notre Dame. Sam Mustafer, baby. West. Must Musty got Musty. We could shit, man. Let's just go out and get Golden Tate or something. <laughs> Fucking Brady Quinn. Tail. Go. Let's bring Tail back. Ah, man, ah, that was a that was a that was a documentary. This oof, that was that one was rough. But no, I I think I think the situation. I think you know. Joe said opportunity to earn a big second contract uh, being somebody who, you know, Deontay Johnson became the number one in, in Pittsburgh uh, and, and well-deserved. I mean, the guy can run routes. He's a, he's a shifty quick guy that can most of the time catch balls. Uh, but then they go out and draft Pickens uh, and Claypool kind of got lost in the shuffle. I mean, he had back-to-back 800 years, his first two seasons, um, you know, caught over 50 passes. He scored a ton of touchdowns his rookie year. Didn't, didn't score so much last year, but he's he's kind of halfway there this year. The only thing that he's really down on this year is his yards per catch. 
down from like eight and a half to like they, six and a half or something like they that. They don't have anyone who can get him the ball downfield. I mean, no. Pickett is just the – Well, they can't block. They can't block either. They yeah. have a, they, Their O-line's having a hard time. So, um, you know, we'll see, man. We'll see. I think integrating him into the offense and getting him the, the – sync up timing with fields is going to be i think the only real learning curve issue we're going to see but i think he's a great addition and uh, you know whatever i said in our twitter chat that it sucks that it was the ravens second rounder or that it was our second rounder not the ravens and that's just like ideally if you're going to spend a second rounder you want it to be the later one it is what it is what the fuck ever dude it doesn't matter which second rounder it is uh so well, the first thing basically confirmed is that the Bears had to outbid the Packers, and the Steelers basically said that the Bears are going to be the worst team and have the better pick, so they chose the Bears. But the fact that Poles was able to do that and willing to go there kind of uh, makes me feel good that he wasn't going to just let this slip by the wayside to get Justin help. And he said, okay, we got to, as Joe likes to say, we got to outbid these bastards from up north. And for once, it's the Bears giving them giving them a jab. You know, the Packers are struggling. They suck this year. And uh, the Bears didn't let him add another receiver to that room for Rodgers. So awesome in that aspect as well. But, um, you know, it, it the compensation is what it is. We kind of had a feeling he was going to go for around a second. And whether it's ours or the Ravens, whatever. I You know, sure, say we overpaid. I, it doesn't matter at this point. You were going to overpay if you gave Christian Kirk a you know a fat bag of money in off season or Zay Jones or or you're going to trade for someone. So uh, the wide receiver market is just nuts right now. Uh, you basically traded Roquan, uh, gained a second and a fifth, and then you traded one of them away. So you still have a second round pick. It's not like you're mortgaging your complete future like Pace would for whatever. And uh, I just think you know. Say what you will about Claypool as route running his maturity. I just think the fit with Fields is great. Um, you know, I've I don't like comparing him, but comparing him to me, like I think I think Metcalf is like a very kind of similar similar situation in Seattle. Um when he came out, I mean he wasn't really a good route runner. He was just a monstrous dude who could run a fly route and just out athlete people. And, uh, you know, he had Russell Wilson, who was arguably one of the best deep ball throwers I've ever seen, turned him into the elite receiver he is. And Claypool is the same way. You know, he's a monstrous downfield threat. And he just hasn't had anyone to throw him the ball down there. So the fit with Justin to me is perfect. I think you're probably going to get more out of him than he's ever had in Pittsburgh. And I just think this is a match made in heaven for Fields. Uh, confirmed that ESB and Claypool were teammates at Notre Dame, so just fits right into the locker room. Just integrated automatically. Can we can we talk sick. about can Makes we talk about how much beef we have at at wide receiver? I mean, like an ESB is like six five two twenty, Harry's six five two two thirty. Now Claypool's six four fucking two forty. You got to get out there and block. You got to run them wide zones for uh, RB one Khalil Herbert to uh, to cut back against the green. <laughs> is Claypool hey, dude, a good blocker? ESB ES, blocked down on that Justin Fields touchdown run, and, and dude, he's he's that probably edge. the best blocking uh, wide receiver in the league. Like, I don't think there's a question. He's insane blocking. He's a monster, man. All he's got to do is get out there and get his body in the way. He's freaking huge. 
Him and, him um, and Harry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bears clearly have a... There's, they're trying to get the old Brandon Marshall, uh, Alshon, Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett crew back together. Hey, we like that. I did not hate it. These guys are not quite as talented, but we could find another one. Big and physical. We love it. Do we have a do we have a six five Megatron in this draft coming out, Lucas? Mm. Maybe, but I don't think he's one of I don't think there's like a top receiver that's that big. Yeah, they're all they're all tinies, like like Garrett Wilson. Yeah, yeah exactly. But that's fine. Um, so did you guys watch? I don't know. This is kind of random. I mean, did you guys see any of Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson on Sunday? They were fucking terrible. Wilson threw what, like three or four picks, man. They were out. They started that game so well. They were up what, like 11 to nothing or 10 to nothing. And then just got absolutely trounced. The Jags. Yeah. No, the jets. I think they were both up. The Jags were up to start that game too. I thought. Dude, man, the Jags. The Jags started out what two and zero, and then to have lost five or six straight. Just dude, Lawrence Lawrence has been awful. terrible. He's been awful. terrible. I thought your boy Dougie P was gonna make him the G- the Jesus, bro. You, you, said vi- you said visors and wins, V's and W's, it's like VW's down there. But no, I, I do like I do like Dougie P. But I don't know. For me, I think I, I my honest opinion is that I think Fields has overtaken being the number one QB in that class. Yeah, he's sure. Lawrence. I mean, he's Lawrence definitely Lawrence, the number one running back. I mean, Lawrence was solid last year, but he started this year and now now he's just been bad. And, well, and Wilson, he, they, the, they the Jets have spent, a better chance to win with Flacco, dude. Wilson is they, fucking terrible. They what like somebody? I was watching something because again, Joe, I have every team on my Twitter timeline. Like Jets fans were telling me Robert Sala or whatever is going to give Mike White some run. Like they need dude Wilson. I cannot believe some of the ball. Like is he uh, another Sam Darnold? We man, this was bad coming out. We like I don't understand how Zach Wilson jumped everybody in that draft. Dude, he's like Jay Cutler. He just has he has this incredible arm, but he has fucking a goldfish brain, dude. He's so he said in he said in an interview that he gets bored with throwing the ball away. That's what he said. Like, what kind of comment is that, dude? He threw dude, he's two not three wrong, picks. He's like, you got to do it. He's like Mahomes. If Mahomes was fucking like twenty beers deep. <laughs> Like, he'll escape pressure, he'll do some, like, Houdini shit, and then he'll be off his back foot, and then he'll, like, throw it downfield, and there'll be no receivers around. They'll just go into a pool of defenders. You're like, what are you doing, you moron? That is Jay Cutler. That's 100% Jay Cutler. It's either Jay Cutler or Drunk Mahomes. I love it. I love it. I I just don't don't understand how he jumped. I I agree, though. He did the same shit in college. It was like, I don't know. I'm, we, the yeah. Bears got it right, finally. I'm so confident that the Bears got it right for once. That just makes, makes me nervous. so happy. I hate when you put, like, too much lock on shit. Like your your stone-cold lead pipe lock of the week against the, the Washington. Hey, I won't hear it. We outplayed the fuck out of them. The Washington whatchamacallits. Goodness, goodness gracious! But we're winning this y'all, week. If right? y'all want, you all, if y'all want, we're beating the Dolphins. Ask Lucas about some stuff. Ask Lucas about 
single game parlays and ask Lucas about DFS because dude hit some crazy shit. Let's go. We're DFS winning. This would be great. Tony Pollard was my star of the week in DFS this week. <laughs> I mean, you're what four straight caches, but you're too four, too four straight too, caches. Uh, too uh, timid to play to play tournaments. You know, you you win just as much money playing tournaments, but you have a chance of winning a lot more. Yeah, but I I think I get too safe with my lineups. Tournaments, you gotta you gotta pull some wild cards out for sure. Nah, nah, do single entries because then people can't get too crazy. They have to they have to stay balanced. Oh, that's true. That's that's not bad. Maybe I'll give it a run this weekend. I mean, with the amount of money you're spending, all the ones I've told you I've won have all been like dollar two dollar entries. If you're gonna drop a ten dollar entry on attorney, you're gonna like a ten dollar single entry. You're gonna win at least fifty bucks with the lineups you've been putting up. Yeah, I'm I'm due for a loss soon. It's coming for sure. That's why I can't tell you because like sooner or later the gravy train's got to stop, right? You would think. Are y'all following me that we're winning this week, right? Versus Notre Miami, Dame, definitely. Notre Dame's gonna beat Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I. It's true. We're an hour into this. We haven't even talked about the Dolphins. Uh, Miami's good. They're not as good as like I feel like people think they are. I think they're a hundred percent as good as people think they are, and they just added Bradley Chubb. I just don't know how the fucking Lions play everyone somewhat close though. I just it doesn't make sense to me. How who? The Lions. What about the Lions? Didn't they play Miami pretty close last week for like? Yeah, they had them beat. They had them beat for a long time, and then Miami finally got that uh, about a what ten point lead or so. I mean, shit happens. The Lions. Do you think, do you think the the Bears have a chance this week, Chris? Yes. No, I don't. I think the Dolphins are very good. We just gave up almost 50 to Dallas, and, like, Tua and Waddle and Hill are way better. Uh, uh, we could definitely slow down the run game. That's where we normally get killed. Right now, the Bears are plus five. I'm fucking unreal. Where is it? Is it in Chicago? Yes. In Chicago. We don't have to play in Miami in the middle of summer? 50-mile-an-hour wind, apparently, on deck. Wait, are you serious? Big wind on deck. What's the what's the over under? Are you fucking with me, Joe? No, I'm not fucking with you. The over under is forty five and a half, which is probably the highest over under I've seen for a Bears in quite a while. That's probably going way under if the mile an hour is fifty miles. I think Joe's making shit up, man. Hold on, hold on. The wind next Sunday in Chicago is something to keep an eye on. Wind gusts up to fifty miles an hour, possibly. I'm sure this will change through the week. But maybe tough passing the ball next Sunday. Hashtag fins up from dolphinstalk.com on Twitter. Well, that bodes well for the Bears if they can't fucking pass. The Bears don't pass as it is. 63 degrees high. Beautiful day. Very windy, cloudy, and cooler with a couple of showers. Yeah, so bear, bear weather. Perfect yeah, weather. No, it's like, so stadium forecast for... For Bears weather, it doesn't mention wind at all. Like, all week, it's supposed to be windy. <laughs> Joe's just making this shit up as he goes. But it says mostly sunny with a high near 63. Joe's making it up as he goes, man. I swear to God, I'm not. 
Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday and Saturday night say breezy. That doesn't sound like her. Breezy. <laughs> I don't know. In our stadium, it's a forecast, dude. Weathermen are fucking high as kites. So who knows? Uh, I, I think the Finns are tough, though. I think. Are they going to uh, trample us? I, you know, I don't think their defense, if the Lions are putting up points, I don't think their defense is, is super tough. I mean, what they have, Xavier and Howard. Uh, they added Bradley Chubb, like I mentioned. Um, yeah, but it's not like he—it's not like he's gonna be playing like every down this week. Like, why not though? Like, all he has to do is rush the fucking passer. Like, what does he yeah, have I to do? I, I don't know. He'll probably I don't think adapting down. to defensive end is that hard, like systematically. All right. Well, he's still not like Khalil Mack or Von Miller. It's not gonna fucking crush us. Hmm. Khalil Mack sucks. And hey, what Khalil Mack? Which version? Chargers Khalil Mack. Uh, he is better than that person. Bradley Chubb's not better than Chargers Khalil Mack. Get out of here. Probably. Hey, dude, he has like seven sacks. Who Bradley Chubb's a figment of your imagination. <laughs> I mean, I would sign him in the offseason. Khalil Mack. But he's probably not a- able to be signed now that he's with the Finns. Yeah, they're going to probably lock him up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they should play I'm the only close. one who's taking a Bears win then. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, mean, I don't know. Luke, Lucas has a chance to, to back you up. Well, what do you think, Chris? No Bears win? Dolphins win? No. I'm feeling like it's going to be a close game. You all told me last week (laughs) they were, what, plus 10 and a half at kickoff, and you're like, I don't see them getting blown out. I had to do a plus 24 and a half live bet just to win the (laughs) bet, dude. Uh, I was concerned there. I was like, shit, they're going to lose by 25 fucking points? Well, dude, I haven't seen the freaking defense look that bad all year. That was just crazy. That was not good. Roquan, dude, was non-existent last week. Well, he could be non-existent in Baltimore then. Who's the Bears' starting linebacker now? Is it fucking Sanborn? Yeah, probably. Or no. No, we just got A.J. Klein. It's A.J. Klein. What's the other dude's name? Uh, I mean, we have Morrow. I'm assuming he'll get a wheel. Well, Morrow will have most of the run, but who's that other guy? Adams. Oh, Weatherford. Weatherford. Oh, Weatherford, yeah. I'll get snaps. Sterling. Be interesting. Sterling's uh, an outside line. Or Sterling's a sh- uh, pass rusher. Sterling Weatherford, Jack Sanborn, Joe Thomas. Oh, who am I thinking of? Who's the... Who's the defensive end that played last week that nobody's Your seen mom. before? Dominic Robinson, Kingsley no. Jonathan. Kingley, Kingley Jonathan. Yeah, Kingsley Jonathan. What an odd, odd name. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, see, the Dolphins, I feel like... 26-24 Bears. What are the Dolphins averaging on the ground per game? I like they're good, 125. So where does that put them in the league? Where does that put him in the league, Chris? Do you know? 
I'm told, I'm making up numbers as I go. I have no idea. Seventh in the league. Are you yeah, just fucking around, Joe? Or are you just you Joe's pulling bullshit out of his ass? Give me a second. I got you. <laughs> uh, they probably are somewhere around there, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I was at 117 for seventh in the league. What, what was it really? Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where's where's Oh, rushing offense. Here we go. Rushing Dude, Miami's offense. 28th in the league. They're at 81, 88 yards per game. Damn. Do, you know who's, do you know who's number one in the league? The Bears, Bears 188. Bears, dude, 188 a game. That's insane. They're averaging 240 over their last three games. That's nuts, dude. 205 <laughs> at home, 178 away. So where's Miami? What'd you say? 28th. Yeah, so oh, I think that I think that alone keeps the honestly, like if you let the Bears secondary just fucking do their thing. I think they can stay in games. Um, yeah, this this one's going to be close. Uh, I want to say Miami wins. Uh, yeah, but do their third in the league in passing offense at 292 game. I want to say the Dolphins are going to win 30 to 26. Let's wonder what their rushing defense looks like. Opponents rushing yards per game. Ooh, Miami's sixth in the league. Yeah, so was Dallas though. Were they? Dallas was Dallas was up there. No, no, they weren't actually. They were mid. They were mid. Dallas is twenty fifth after that ass whooping they just did. Yeah, no, it was their total defense that was up there. But their scoring defense was better. Their scoring defense was like really good. It was like eight touchdowns in the first seven games. Yeah, I don't think Dallas. I mean, I don't think Miami has the horses that Dallas had. I mean, they're yes, they have some good corners, but uh, well, Miami's given up twenty four points a game. Yeah, they can be had. I think twenty eight twenty four Dolphins. Nice. Close game. Well, fellas, my computer battery's running out, so I got to sign off for the night. Anything else we you gotta got? Gotta sing the song. You gotta sing the song. Yeah, I just wanted to double check if anybody else had anything before I say something nice that. about Chase Claypool. Hey, I'm happy. Chase Claypool, come and get it. Skyscraper, thousand yard receiver. Finally Skyscraper. Get, All right, that's enough. Finally get Darnell Mooney open. Golden Domer. Golden Domer. Say, so, say something nice about Cole Komet. Hey, Cole Komet, you're a beast. Chicago native, you really put your heart and soul on the line for the Bears every time you're out there. Touchdown. Hey, you got your first touchdown of the year. We need about five more, buddy. Come on. Five more. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrill the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.